the altar of your life, you, you describe your life more as an ocean, more as waves hitting you, more as you swaying back and forth rather than being secure and firm and in secure and firm in a relationship with God. On YouTube, you type in Good News Network, uh, you'll find all the GNN, so you can see what God has been doing throughout the movement, and uh, you know, it's awesome, uh, we're here on a Sunday, and it's like, man, like, you know, you guys talk about international churches, uh, going around, uh, making the whole world into disciples, and like, we have like, maybe maybe 20 people here this uh, morning, but hey, all over the world, there's disciples gathering right now to worship and praise Amen. our great God. Come Amen. On, and uh, it's awesome to see on the Good News Network uh, all the things that are happening around the world. Uh, even that with the disciple Sean, he said, I got baptized, and the same day they were telling me I was going on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, well, so, you know, uh, man, the faith, and it's just awesome to see everything that's going on. Well, uh, it's uh, time to get into the word. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 6. Let's go, uh, Hebrews. You know, uh, that's why we come to church. Yeah. Uh, we didn't come to, uh, to, you know, like to hang out and stuff like that. We can do that throughout the week. But we, we came to, to learn more about God, to be more about God. And uh, as we go to Hebrews uh, chapter 6, you know, the game was awesome yesterday. I got to watch it with Kieran at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. We didn't make the trip down. Uh, but, uh, you know, wings and, and football and friends is, is an awesome time. You know, it was awesome. I, you know, if you put your hope into OU winning, well, that's awesome because they won. To be honest, I doubted a little bit. Uh, you know, I was a doubter. I was expecting, I was expecting of what happened last year, you know. So I didn't know what was about to go down. You know, if you put your hope in Texas winning, amen. You know, your, your hope was, uh, you know, It says, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. <coughs> God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. And what was the oath that God swore on? It was Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. It says, verse 19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Mm -hmm. and secure. It enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. And we're our forerunner. Jesus has entered on our behalf. Mm -hmm. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Amen. And this is such an intense passage. It's such an inspiring passage. Come on, Jesus. You know what it says? That Jesus is the anchor for our soul. You know, I don't know if anybody's into uh, naval uh, activities and boat activities, but, uh, you know, anchors are very important. You know, uh, and anchors aren't like, you know, we think about like a little fishing boat and you throw out like a, you know, a little line or something like that, whatever. But have you seen like the big industrial anchors on like these huge cargo ships? Like these cargo ships are like city blocks. 
on water. Yeah. And like people work on them, and that's like that's like a yeah. you know uh, you'd be on those boats, and like those boats are like sh- like you know five, six, seven stories high. Uh, yeah. And then the waves are actually going over like the side of, of the boat, and you're like, dude, this is insane. <laughs> this is scary. And sometimes what they have to do is they have to cast out this giant anchor. It's huge, it's metal, it's like jagged, and they throw it down, and it has to land in a certain spot. They have to drag it, and it sticks into the ground, right? And then it keeps the boat firm and secure in the craziness of the waters and of the ocean. Mm. You know, that's what the anchors are for. They provide stability. They provide firmness and security. It keeps the boat safe. It keeps you close to a certain point. You know, the boat, spiritually, what does that represent? It represents your life. You're navigating through the waters of life. And, you know, for some of us, we're, man, we're just trying to stay afloat. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just trying to, like, you know, stay above the water. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's how you're feeling this morning. You know, the waters of life can be very crazy. You know, think about the ocean. The ocean is vast. It's deep. Sometimes we can feel like that in our life. It's like everybody's so spread out. Maybe we feel so alone. Maybe we can be close to each other physically, but your heart's so far away from each other. Vast, it can be lonely. Uh, maybe the waters of, of your of your life, which if you study out the Bible, you know the deep waters of Christianity, it can get scary. Yeah, you don't know what's going on, going on under the waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know what kind of living creatures are in those waters. There's monsters in the waters, you know. Yeah. Uh, and maybe you have some living creatures, some monsters in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, the waves of the water in the ocean can cause you to sway more mm-hmm. and push you in many different directions. Maybe that's how you walked in this morning. Feeling like you're getting pushed and dragged into many different directions in your life, and you don't have an anchor, you don't have security, you don't feel firmness, you don't feel safety in your life. Mm-hmm. Like you're being tossed back and forth by the waves of life. Come on. Now, I think some of us need some stability in our life this morning. You need some security. Amen. And nothing else is going to keep you grounded, keep you safe, keep you secure. Uh, other than the rock himself, which is Jesus Christ. Anchor, and that's the title of the lesson this morning, Anchor for the Soul. We're going to look at having our hope in Jesus today. Amen. And uh, you may have walked in here and had a hope in a lot of different things, but that's okay. We're going to learn how to put our hope in Jesus. Amen. My first point for you guys, what are you putting your hope in? You know, what is hope? You know, hope is The very simplest definition of hope is the expectation of the best outcome. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you expect something and it's going to be really awesome, the best outcome is something. That's when you have hope in something. Yeah. Well, the opposite of hope is fear. Mm-hmm. It's the expectation of the worst outcome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm the type of guy that you can, you know, uh, ask me any situation. I'm going to say, like, hey, the best expectation is going to come out of this. You know, which is good sometimes, but sometimes I could be a little naive, and so, you know, you need to be a little bit more realistic, amen? amen. But then you get the people uh, as well that are like, hey, no matter what situation you look at, they're like, it's not going to be that bad. It's like the glass uh, half full or the glass half empty type of person, you know? Yeah. Um, and that could be us in our life. We can, yeah. you know, we live by hope and, and expectations of great outcomes, or we can live by fear, amen? Yeah, come on. And uh, what are you putting your hope into this morning? And uh, how's that going for you? Physical. Amen. And a lot of times we try to cast our anchor in 
physical things. We try to put our hope in the physical, materialistic things that we have in this world today. Mm-hmm. But man, that anchor is not going to keep you grounded. You got to put your anchor in something spiritual, and your anchor has got to be Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, we have a sick cycle of hope in our generation, in our society today. You know, what, what, what do we usually put our hope into growing up? Well, as kids, and you know, uh, all of us have great experiences uh, and experience as kids because we're all once kids, amen? Right. Yes. Um, maybe you don't remember a lot from, from those years, uh, which is good, you know. But we were all kids one time. And, and as kids, what do you put your hope into? What is the thing? Yeah, it's your parents. You know, your parents are the greatest growing up. You, you, you put all your hope in them. They're going to take care of you. They're your security. You love them. Nothing your parents can do is wrong because they're your, your everything. Mm-hmm. But then you start to grow up and you realize that your parents are just feelings just like you. And then you take the fall. And then maybe uh, your dad uh, failed you and your mom failed you or, or, or they made a mistake or whatever it was. And then as, as a kid, you just feel like, man, like I can't just put all my hope and trust in my parents. So I'm going to now put my hope into something else. Mm-hmm. And usually this is around middle or middle school, the teenage years, amen, or where it's a rebellion against our family or against our parents, uh, which is, you know, don't rebel against your parents. Let's not do it. Don't do that as a parent. Amen? So, like, as teenagers, that's what we do. But uh, during that time, we start to put our hope in something else. Friends. We start to put our hope in our friends. Yeah. You know, because they're the ones around us, and we think our friends are the coolest people in the world. We want to be just like them. We want to fit in, right? And then we find out our friends uh, aren't the greatest people in the world sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, dang, you know, like, I, these people are talking behind my back or they're telling me, or Stacy said this to Kim or Kim said this to Stacy. <laughs> you know, Brad was talking to Jennifer or whatever, you know, whatever. It's <laughs> crazy years, right? Uh, and we think it's like the end of the world every time in, you know, middle school or high school. We're like, oh, my gosh. Like, but really, we forget, like, in the summer, amen? Amen. But then after friends, like, you start – trying to find that one person, that one special person, Mr. Bright or Mrs. Bright, whatever it is, and now we put our hope into relationships. Mm -hmm. And we try to find that that one, you know, uh, uh, love of our lives, and how can you have a love of your life in high school? (laughs) Right? And, like, people put their hope in relationships. And how does that usually go? Amen. Maybe that's a really good one. And then that person hurts you. And now you're like, this, everything sucks. Like, I I, I don't want to feel bad anymore. relationships so now we put our hope into pleasures mm-hmm. we put our hope into just feeling really really good so we start you know doing whatever it takes we don't want to get into any committed relationships so we're just going to use people mm-hmm. and then we put our hope into feeling good so we go out to these parties and these drinks or whatever it is whatever makes you feel good that's what you put your hope into because you don't want to feel pain anymore Come on. that doesn't really go well because now you're like dude i don't know what i'm doing i'm spending all my money on this stuff and like you kind of start hitting hard bottom and now you got to put a hope into like success you gotta put a hope in yourself people hit like the the hey i'm gonna go to the gym every single day i'm gonna get right i'm gonna you know invest in whatever it is and you start putting all your hope into success and career and hey you're gonna look out for yourself and you're gonna build up your own life Mm -hmm. but then you get lonely so you need somebody to do that with and now you're back to relationships on the other side their hope into their kids and now we're we're just stuck in this cycle and everybody's putting their hope into these physical things but alter your life you you describe your life more as an emotional
and more as waves hitting you, and more as you swaying back and forth rather than being secure and firm and then secure and firm in a relationship with God. You know what happens when you put your hope into these things? Well, let's go over to Proverbs chapter 13. Come on. Let's look at what happens. Amen. Come on. Proverbs chapter 13. And in verse 12. And I say to you, you know, these things like, you know, parents, friends, relationships, you know, they're not inherently bad. I'm not saying like, you know, don't, you know, love your parents or, hey, like, don't love your kids. Or I'm not saying, hey, don't like, you know, try to have friends and stuff like that. Don't listen to what I'm not saying. Amen. Uh, but I'm just saying like, as the scriptures say, if, if we put our hope into these things, if these, if these things are where we get our happiness from or where we get like uh, our whole life, we base our whole life off these things, man, surely they're, they're very shaky. It's like building a, a, a home on top of sand and that sand can crumble at any time. So I'm not saying these things are bad. They're, they're, you can't put your hope into them. Well, why? What happens if you put your hope into them? Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Give me an amen if you're there. Amen. It says right here, Proverbs 13, verse 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Amen. It says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know, what does deferred mean? It means to be put off or delayed. You know, and when we put our hope into these things that will fail us eventually and run out on us or hurt us in some type of way, it causes us to be sick. Now, I'm not talking about a physical sickness. I'm mm. talking about a heart sickness, a mm. spiritual sickness. But we have to understand that spiritual sickness, well, like, what does it mean to be sick spiritually? Like, what is, like, how, do, how can we comprehend that? Like, well, it's a lot like being sick physically. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of y'all are getting sick way too easily. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, something's going around, amen. We got to take care of ourselves. We got to drink more OJ. <laughs> Get some vitamin C packets or, you know, <laughs> might soon start having to wear a mask. I don't know. We might have to bring them back. Uh, I hope not, right? But, you know, some of y'all just be coughing around me. I can't hear you like you. Uh, I'll pray for you, though. Like, I'll pray for you. Just don't cough around me. sick lately because we put our hope into things that aren't Jesus that aren't God we cast our anchors onto other things other than him you know what are some uh, symptoms of physical sickness what happens what you know uh, we get headaches our body temperature rises we get body aches I hate the body aches when you have like a nice like fever or something like that and you just can't do anything right you get runny noses so annoying right uh, some people get frustrated you know that they can't breathe or whatever it is like we get all these symptoms Sometimes we don't care about the symptoms because those things happen and we just go about our daily life like not getting into the business. Your body's trying to tell you something. <laughs> your body's telling you like, hey, there's something in you that we want to get out and you need to stop doing what you're doing and take care of yourself. Amen. Yeah. But we don't like it. You know, like, hey, it's fine. We'll, we'll keep going. We'll, uh, we get this mindset of like, hey, we can't get, take no rest days off. And, uh, if we're sick, we just got to push through and, you know, get other people sick when we're at. Amen. But it's the same thing as spiritual sickness. Yeah, come on. What are the symptoms of spiritual sickness? Mm. What are the runny noses of spirituality? What are the headaches of spirituality? What are the body aches? So let me put some before you guys. 
You know, when you get inward focused instead of being outward focused. Mm. You get so focused on your own life, building up your own self or doing whatever you need to do. You know, it says in Philippians chapter 2, it says that you must take care of one another. It says you must value one another above yourselves. But when we get spiritually sick, we think it's all about us. Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, a one that we don't really think about is uh, you stop worshiping and stop singing to God. Mm. You know, Colossians, it actually says that we sing with gratitude in our hearts. So when you sing to God, when you give worship to God, what are you showing God? That you're grateful for him. Amen. So when Carson, you're a singer, you don't want to sing or you're, you have a problem singing, maybe you think it's like your voice is God says he doesn't have to make a joyful noise. <laughs> he doesn't say that that noise has to be on pitch. <laughs> Which I'm thankful for. Thank God. You know? I'm, not, I'm not a great singer. You know? uh, but when you don't even want to sing, it, it mess, it, you have to check your heart. Are you grateful for God? Do you want to praise God? Right? Another uh, symptom is you isolate yourself. You know, Matthew 6 and verse 33 says, But seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Well, what's God's kingdom? God, the king, it says the law, which is the Bible, and then the people who follow the law, which is disciples or Christians, right? Yeah. But then when we don't want to do that when we're spiritually sick, we want to isolate ourselves from everybody. We don't want to be around anybody. We don't want to, like, hey, I'm going to take it all on my own. I'm going to do it, whatever it takes for me to, like, uh, fix my own life. I don't need anybody's help. Man, that's a dangerous place. That is a dangerous place. Take that symptom very seriously. You know, another one, it, it says in, the, uh, in Matthew, it says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm. So if you're, are you living according to what the spirit wants you to do or what the flesh wants you to do? Mm. You know, Galatians 5, 19 is the acts of the sinful nature, the acts of the flesh. And then right after it is, in comparison, the fruits of the spirit, which is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 26. And you can compare and contrast. Look at your life. Does it look more of a Galatians 5, 19? Or does your life look more of a Galatians 5, verse 22 to 26? Mm. And you don't know what that looks like. you got to study it out. Amen? You know, are you producing the fruit of the Spirit? Or are you producing the acts of the flesh? That's how you can tell if you're spiritually sick. You know, one of the worst symptoms of all is you stop trying to be self-sufficient. Your anchor is not in Him anymore, but someone else. And a lot of times, we don't like taking our, our sicknesses seriously. We're like, hey, like, I'm going to still go to work. I'm going to still go out. And, you know, you don't give your, time to, your, your body time to heal or recover or rest or anything like that. Don't do that with spiritual sickness. If you, if you just stick through the spiritual symptoms and you, you look past them and you think you're fine, you think you're okay, man, your, your hope is going to be deferred. You're going to get sick spiritually. And it says even in 1 Corinthians that when you get sick spiritually, you can fall asleep spiritually. Yeah. <coughs> I know that we're tired from the game or anything like that, like yesterday, but I hope that we're not spiritually tired this morning. I hope that we're fired up to learn how to put our hope in Jesus Christ. You know, what is the cure? How do we put our anchor into Jesus Christ? Well, let's go over to Luke chapter 6. Maybe we need some spiritual spiritual ibuprofen this morning. Some some spiritual NyQuil, maybe. I don't know. know? Which is the word of God. Luke chapter 6. In verse 17, give me an amen when you're there. Amen. Sometimes people just need to drink up water. <laughs> you got a headache. How much water do you drink today? I didn't. What? 
Luke chapter 6, verse 17. It says right here. It says, he went down with them and stood on a level place, that being Jesus. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the coastal region of Tyrese and Sidon, and have come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and all the people tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them. You know what's awesome? I love this scripture. It talks about what Jesus does best, which was gather people, teach them, and heal them. You know what's crazy? It says that both his disciples and the people from all around were there. So this is just for non-believers or just for people who are just getting into the relationship with God. No, Jesus is talking to his disciples as well. And I believe that Jesus is talking to the disciples of him this morning. Amen? You know, it says that they were coming around to be cured of all diseases and sicknesses. You know, the cure to all spiritual sicknesses is your hope in Jesus. You know, it says that who came to hear him. So you got to see that right here. The scriptures correlate. Hearing the words of Jesus to actually being healed. Well, where do we find the words of Jesus today? In the Bible, in the actual scriptures. Yeah. And so when you get into the word, or when you get into the Bible, when you get into the word of God, man, God can heal you of your spiritual sicknesses. Yeah. That you got from putting your hope into other things. Amen. Yeah. You know, it says that it says even too that it says that people tried to touch him. Right, which means what? Is that they didn't just hear his words, but they actually tried to put him in bondage. You know, it says in Genesis 15, verse 1, and I'll reference this scripture. It says in Genesis 15, 1, it says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. Mm. You know, I think as disciples, we may put our hope into other things. You know, maybe you put your hope into traditions. Maybe you put your hope into a certain person getting baptized or becoming a disciple. You're trying to help that person. Maybe you put your hope into your financial situation, which I would never put your hope into your financial situation because you're not in control of your finances. God is in control of your finances. You know, if you put your hope into your bank account, it could be up one day and you're living your greatest life, and then it could be down one day and the world's ending. It's like, God, you know, like your faith is, is, is correlated to what your bank account's looking like. Not gonna work. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Stop trying to keep you from being spiritually sick, amen. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. And it's awesome to see a great example of somebody putting their hope into Jesus Christ as Brooklyn got baptized. Amen. And let me tell you, like, like Brooklyn spiritually cured, man. She's got the she's got the cure to all diseases right now. You know, whatever you're putting your hope into, if it's not Jesus Christ, stop it. Cast your anchor onto Jesus. Put your, your anchor back onto Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, prioritize. Focus on your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Get back to a place where everything that you do, you know, we, we do a lot of things as disciples. We come to church, we share our faith, we give contributions, we, we help people, uh, maybe uh, whatever it is. But it, if you're not doing that for God, man, you couldn't get back there. Yeah. You're like, man, I, I do this because, you know, uh, Dylan tells me to. 
Or, hey, I do this so that nobody would question me or, like, you know, uh, wonder where I'm at or whatever it may be. If that's what you're doing, man, it's going to get real hard for you to keep doing it, and you're not going to want to do it right now. Come on, Dad. you got to do it for God. Why are you doing this? Well, why shouldn't I? Yeah. In the hope, what is the hope? That Jesus Christ is going to come back one day, man. Amen. That we don't have to work anymore. We don't have to go through the pain. We don't have to go through the suffering. He says that you'll actually be able to lay down your cross. You don't have to carry the cross no more. Come on. Right. And that's a hope that you're putting, because it's not going to fail, because it's on Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Jesus is going to come back one day. It says his unfailing nature in the scripture that we looked at before. God does not lie. He can't. Yeah. It's not a part of his nature. <laughs> so whatever God says, it's going to happen. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen in your finances. Come on. You don't know what's going to happen in your relationships. You don't know what's going to happen in, in your roles or whatever is going on in your life. Yeah. The only thing that you assured of. The only thing that you can put your hope into that will not fail is that Jesus Christ will be back one day and that we get to go to heaven with Amen. him. Amen. You know, you got to put your hope back into Jesus. You know, for some of us, how can you put your hope into Jesus if you don't know who your Savior is? Yeah. Right? Like, how can you put your hope into Jesus if you don't even know what the good fruit is? Like, we got a, we got a false sense of uh, Jesus today. You know, we go around and we share our faith and we ask people, hey, what, what did Jesus teach? What was Jesus' commandment? And a lot of, sadly, a lot of people don't even know his commandments. Yeah. Or they may know one or two, but they, don't, they have no idea where Jesus said it in the, in the scriptures. Yeah. And so their faith, their, their anchor of their, their, their salvation and relationship with God, it's based off of other people and not the word. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're here today, if you're here this morning and you don't really know what Jesus teaches, you don't really know how to put your, your hope into his word, into the Bible, then prioritize studying the Bible. You know, make it a priority. You have the time. Don't don't say you don't have the time. You have the time. Right? Yeah. You have the time. Because I know you have the time to do others. Yeah. You have the time to put your hope in other things, but you have the time to put the hope in Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Uh, prioritize studying the Bible and then also put it into action. You know, for some of us, we've been studying the Bible for a while. Like we've been in the Bible, we've been in first principles. We gotta graduate. We gotta mature. You gotta step. You gotta go from the first principles into more mature teaching about Christ. You gotta. You, you gotta. You know, become a disciple and get baptized. Come on. You know, put it into action, and then we can put our hope in Jesus Christ. You know, my second point for you guys: a hope for the lost world. Come on, bro. You know, I'm gonna reference this scripture in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, and spread this one out. I'll, I'm gonna read the the KJV version of this. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he who keepeth the law hath his safety. You know, other translations say, uh, without vision, the people cast off restraint. Which means they're willing to do whatever they want to do. They have no restraints. They have no control of their life. So they're just going to do whatever they want to do. And that's going to lead to them perishing. And then that's why the other version says, well, where there is vision, the people no, vision is hope. Yeah. And if you don't have vision for your life, if you don't have vision for what you want to do for God, man, you're going to perish. Mm-hmm. You know, where is God taking you right now? Where does God have you going? What is the next step of your Christianity? What is the next walk? Where can you upgrade? Where can you go to the next level? If you have no idea, well, I'm scared for you. Because <laughs> it says that if you have no vision for yourself, you have no vision for God, man, you're going to perish. So a hope for ourselves, yes, that's awesome. But we gotta have vision for this lost world. Yeah. We gotta have hope for this lost world because if you're not mature, if you're not, if you look into the world, man, it's spiritually sick. Yeah. Yeah. 
the scripture says it's just the time of, of a sickness that can only be cured by the word of Jesus Christ. You know, let's go over to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Just closing out here. Matthew chapter 9, excuse me, 35. Why is it very similar to our world in our in our generation, our time? Mm-hmm. It says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, I would say if Jesus saw the world today, this is what he would say of them. He had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest. Come on, man. Sadly, many people put their hope in uh, not Jesus. And it's just, it's just different. That's what Jesus sees today. And he sees a world that, that is... is uh, putting their hope, putting their anchor on things that are going to fail. Mm-hmm. And it says that Jesus had compassion. Mm-hmm. He said, man, these people are harassed and helpless. And it looked, in his whole life, what was Jesus all about? Teaching people to become disciples and giving them of his life. And that's what we need to be all about if we're going to follow Jesus. Amen? Mm-hmm. You know, do you have a vision for the lost today? And how do you evangelize that? I look at the Good News Network and I'm like, man, this church actually has a plan. We are actually going to all nations to get people to become disciples. Yeah. It's not just a talk. It's just not coffee shop. Have you ever heard of a coffee shop talk where you get into, you know, you go to get some coffee and talk about all the world's problems and maybe solutions, but then you just go home and do nothing about it? That is not us today. We actually have a plan to evangelize all nations in our generation today. And we're going to put it into practice. by this guy named Oliver Anthony, and it's called uh, Rich Men uh, of Richmond, or like Rich Men North North of Richmond, right? And uh, man, this guy was like a nobody in the past like couple years. And uh, he took his phone, it was was just, you know, he put it up in his backyard, and uh, he has no record label, no nothing, no whatever (coughs) it is, right? And he sets up this phone in his backyard and records a song and he posts it, and in three days it has like 75 million views. Uh, It blew up. And uh, I think, and I, I'm pretty sure I know why it did blow up. Because it's probably one of the most relatable songs that you can have out there right now. Yeah. And m- many people hear this and they go, man, that is so true. And so many people, like, it, it, uh, he's been on, like, now he's traveling the world touring and he's been on talk shows and people are, are reacting to him on videos and stuff like that. And everybody's like, man, this is so relatable. Like, this is the problem that you have as well. Mm. You know, the some of the lyrics, I'll uh, read them right here. I'm going to edge them a little bit because he's not, you know, it's not the the cleanest song in the world, amen? But he says, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours, 
for belonging to him. So I can sit out here and waste my life away, drive back home, and down my troubles a week. See, so it's a shame what the world's gotten to for people like me and for people like you. I wish I could just wake up and not be free, but it is. Oh, it is. And why has this blown up? It's because people hear that and they go, yeah, that's me, man. <laughs> I mean, working these hours, putting all my, my hope into my finances or into my career or whatever my life is, and what am I doing it for? Come on. So that I can have a weekend, maybe a Saturday <laughs> and Sunday where I can drink, I can smoke, I can go and party and waste my life away just to do it again Monday through Saturday? And that's what people put their hope in, and they're sick of it. Come on. But nobody has a cure. Nobody knows what to do. We have all the charities in the world, all the doctors, all the psychologists, and what's going on? Nothing's getting better. But how many people are actually taking the word of God seriously? Come on. How many people are actually studying out the Bible and learning what it means to join disciples? How many people are taking that to their neighbor? How many people are taking that to their coworker or to their classmate? Or to their mom, or to their dad, or to their auntie, or to their uncle, or to their cousin that is struggling. I would say not a lot. <laughs> I would say not a lot because Jesus said, I'll keep you safe. And we got to have a heart of hope for this lost world. I have vision for this city. Come on. You know, I was getting, uh, uh, me and Connor were, were having a mentoring time this week, and I was showing him the vision that I have for this city. You know, we're not going to stay in this little heritage or this frontier room, we're going to grow. We're like 20, 21 disciples, whatever it is. Man, we're going to hit 40. We're going to hit 50 Come disciples. Come on. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're not just going to have them camping. We're going to have a senior professionals ministry and marriage ministry. Woo. This is what I think about. This is what I dream about. This is what I envision. This is what is on my mind most of the day. Almost every freaking part of the day, I'm thinking about these things. You know how that's going to happen? We need leaders. Say, man, I have vision for the leadership in this church. Come on. I look at those people. I have vision for you. I think about your lives. I think about you all the time. I'm like, man, this person can do so much more. Others to be firm and secure in their relationship as well. Amen. Yes. I love you.
guys and to God be all the glory. We're going to have Karen come up. Yeah.